Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. All righty, folks. Snedeker here. Mr. Curiosity is what the podcast is. And thanks for joining us. And by us, I mean Valerie, Smock, and me. Valerie. Hello. First of all, the word smock. I bet you didn't like to uh, take that when you got married. Or do you? I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's actually my maiden name. Oh, so <laughs> so you are a smock. See, well, before I, you even go on, stop right here. Because everyone's yeah. probably like, oh, these guys are friends. They're colleagues. They see each other all the time. When do we see each other? Uh, very rarely. Very Unless rarely. I'm coming into work for like a noon show for Kurt, we might pass each other. I know. So this is what I think people need to know. You started here what year? Oh, geez. I think I, it'll be... 18? I want to say five years in April, May, I think. It'll be five years. Yeah. Okay. So let's say 2017-ish. And and how if you add up all the hours we've spent together, it wouldn't even be one probably. So we no. work at the same building, but I never see you. The things I know about you are, and I could be way off. You have a military background. You're uh -huh. from the Midwest. You have two kids and a husband. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know of her, folks. I work the morning shift, and when I'm not working the morning shift, she is, and I'm home, and back and forth we yeah. go. Um, so we never really interact or anything, and that's just the nature of a lot of uh, people in the media and businesses and their workplace. So let's get down and dirty and find out about you, Valerie Smock, which is your maiden name. Yes, that's my maiden name. All right, yeah, so well, where, where's the birth occur? Where do you, uh, where do you uh, pop out into planet Earth? So I was born, I was actually born in Pennsylvania, but I've lived in Ohio most of my life. So Wait, I'm see, now it's already getting confusing. Where were you born in Pennsylvania? So where my um, family lived when I was born, the hospital, the closest hospital, just happened to be right across the state line. So I'm originating from Andover, Ohio. Okay. So it's, I'd say about like an a, hour east of Cleveland, a little, no. little more than that. Right. Because when you're in Ohio, a lot of people just say things by time as opposed to distance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where I mainly grew up, I was like 45 minutes east of Cleveland. <laughs> so well, how, how, many, <laughs> how many minutes west of Pennsylvania? Oh, geez. Um, I'd say about, depending on which direction you're going, <laughs> I'd say route? anywhere from like 40 to 45 minutes. Okay, so there but, you are. Eastern Ohio, on Eastern. the border of Western PA, your parents are doing what? Why are you uh, in transit? What are they all so, about? So we were in Andover, Ohio. My parents' closest hospital happened to be in Pennsylvania, Greenville, Pennsylvania. Okay. So that's where they had me. And of course, when they had me, my mom ended up at the hospital, I'd say like three or four different times because it was like false alarm. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming. No, I'm not. <laughs> so the drama was, unfolds of the making of Valerie. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to come out. And then finally the last time they're like, no, this is happening. We are making this happen. We are having this child. We're not doing this. Again. <laughs> because my dad at that point was already working, I think in Chardon. I'm from Chardon, Ohio. That's where I primarily grew up. And what's the dad doing? 
So he's a finance director. Okay. Big finance. What does that even mean? I, you know, I don't, what, a finance director. He he's does in a lot charge of, of someone's mutual funds. <laughs> he, well, he was the finance director for the city of Chardon. Okay. Oh, okay. So he worked for the city. And at the time it was just a village. We were just a village. We were really tiny, but we eventually grew to the size of a city. And he was working, actually, I think he was working for a different company at that point, but he was working in a different location and had to keep driving home all of these times when I was trying to be born. And he was <laughs> finally like, no, this, this is how we're not, we're not going to keep doing this. So he's, so, he, your, your mom's about to have you and he's probably rolling his eyes saying, ah, another false alarm. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's, yes. let's not cry wolf, honey. Yeah, he was, he was a wee bit frustrated <laughs> at that point, but we finally, we finally arrived and it was, it was all good. But I stayed in Andover through preschool. Well, wait a minute now. The rudest question I can ask you, do we want to mention the year? And if you say no, I simply ring the bell and move on. 1980. Oh, all right. She's okay with her age. There you go. Yeah. Born in yeah. a nice, even starting decade. I love it. Yes. So it's, like, it's always easy to remember how old I am because it was like, okay. It was yeah. Quick math. Quick math. <laughs> so, well, because I did post on my um, Facebook page when I turned 40. Okay. So I did do that. So yeah. So I, and I actually just had a birthday. So I just turned 42. Happy birthday. It seems now like most women, uh, my mom's generation, they would never say their age. It was rude to ask a woman. That's all gone now. Come on. Yeah. I mean, everyone I, just get real. Keep it honest and pure. Well, and I, and a lot of people think I'm younger. I, I guess I age well. <laughs> well. You have such, you have such smooth, sexy skin. That's why. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, <laughs> I, I have a regimen that I do. So yeah. You know. <laughs> so do you have any brothers, sisters, or you're the first and last? What happened there? I am the last. Um, I think we just lost your video. Keep it going though. Still, there you are. Okay. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's trying to call me. Um, and they're still trying to call you. You know what? They're you're telling them, you're doing Mr. It's Curiosity. My, um, Tell them to get out of your life. Get it out of my life. Get it out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, so um, you're no, the last. No, it's the pediatrician that are trying to call him. Is it important? Do you want to bring this into the no, podcast? No, no. We good. can hear the whole call. I sent them to voicemail. <laughs> so, okay. So I do have a sister. She is older than me. Okay. We're three years apart in age and four years apart in school. Interesting. So she, her name's Lynette. Um, and she still lives back in Ohio by my family. Just the uh, two of you. She Say that again? Just the two of you, two siblings. Yeah, yeah, just the two of us. And there you are. You're being born on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border. You're going through, uh, you know, preschool, elementary school. Are we in middle school yet? Are you still there? What's happening? So in Andover, where things had kind of started, I right. was just there through preschool, and then we moved to Chardon, and I was there through high school, through and college. Where, where is Chardon? It's about uh, 45 minutes east of Cleveland. <laughs> oh, okay, so we're still, hey, we're still in the Midwest. We're still in uh, this, the, 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 the industrial guts of our nation. Yes. And, yes. and did, were you, let's picture you in high school now. Are you, are you prom queen? Are you nerdy uh, science geek? Are you... Uh, field hockey player? Are you a long distance runner? What is Valerie 
in no, high I school. Did, I hated running. So I was definitely, <laughs> definitely not a runner. Um, track was not my, was not my thing. That was a hard pass. Um, I was a majorette. Oh, there you go. You have something you could twirl around there for us or no? How about that cactus behind you? You can get that here, cactus behind you. You can just work out like right behind me uh, right. when I'm doing my workouts. And, well, and so I was trying to think like, what is my background going to look like? Is there a big dollhouse behind me? Oh, it looks good. It looks like an office slash kids sometimes play their room. Yeah, that's basically what it is. <laughs> we all have those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're a twirlette? Um, so or I was a like twirlette. I twirled for, let's see, I started in like third grade, I think. So I twirled all the way through the middle of college. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Not too many people start twirling at that young age and continue to twirl in college. Yeah. So you were determined, you were passionate about the twirling. I was. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was. Um, and this is coming from a guy who knows nothing about twirling except twirling. <laughs> what a it was. I always explained it to people like we were the ones in the bathing, bathing suits twirling the long sticks in the middle of the football game. Any fire? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fire twirls? Yeah, I would twirl fire baton and I would twirl fire knives. Now, uh, you should show us pictures of twirling a fire knives in your bathing suit. This is what the viewers need to see. <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny, one of the days that I was working for you, it had come up and I was talking to Mindy about it. And she's like, oh, don't tell us this because now we're going to, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to dig for those pictures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So even in college, you kept doing this. I did. Yeah. And then once I really started to get into my major for, you know, journalism and, and whatnot, that's when I kind of started to back off because I, I began to work for the TV station at the university. So we'll see now we got to back up a little bit. So when you're a high school uh, senior and you're deciding what am I going to do with my life? You already had journalistic ambitions. That it was actually my second choice. My first choice was to go into psychology. Really? See, now when I think about the entire weather team, don't be offended from Kurt to Allie, to you, to me, to John Hickey, the only two true since childhood weather nerds are Hickey and me, I think, because yeah. a lot of the, everyone else went into journalism in our department first. Isn't that uh, interesting? Yeah, yeah. Psychology was the first, the first plan, and journalism was really a short, short second, you know, real close second, and. I decided not to use psychology because I feel, figured I could use more help than get it. <laughs> so, so I was like, no, we're, oh, we're going to go with the journalism side of things. So instead of dishing it out, you wanted to receive the psychology. <laughs> I think in this business, everybody has to have therapy at some point. And uh, so I wanted to work in Hollywood, but figured Hollywood wasn't calling anytime soon. So I was like, well, let's just go the TV news route. And I wanted to honestly be a news anchor, but I knew you kind of had to be a reporter to get to that point. So I ended up going the broadcast journalism route first. Interesting. So what, what college is this? Hey, our boss is here. She wants to join us in the podcast. We're doing a live Mr. Curiosity recording. <laughs> okay. Could I pick it up later then? I guess. Yeah, we just wanted to let you know 
special delivery has arrived. Oh, that's excellent. The skeleton has arrived. Thank you. The Valerie is here. All right. See you later. So this is good. See, this is great break, breaking news. The skeleton for the backyard has arrived, the special delivery. And we're talking about your career beginning in journalism. So what college is this? I, did I miss that while I was discussing things? Sorry. Kent State. Whoa, big shot. Yes. Now, were there still reverberations of uh, the tough years from the 60s around you when you went there? And I mean, this is 90s, but does it still have that thought process for a lot of folks? It does. And what made it even kind of, you know, side note here, what made it even more interesting was I joined the Ohio Army National Guard. Oh, no. So this is going to Kent. This is unbelievable. So, yeah, you were. So just think, you know, 25, 30 years before that, this is world news. This is global history being made. And now you're joining something at the same place two and a half decades later. Yeah, it was, and somebody had actually did a story on me while I was at Kent, you know, one of the student stories they did on, on me joining, and I was military police, so that just... Oh my gosh, that's yeah, even was, more directly infused into yeah. the history. So what made you do that? I mean, is, I mean, was it just, hey, I can get my college paid for, or did you have this was, military passion? That was an added bonus. My right. grandpa was in the military, and okay. so I kind of wanted to follow him. And I had actually, on a, a little side note, I was dating a, a Marine at the time. He had just, and this was like right when I was going into my senior year of high school. And I was dating a guy who had just left for Marine boot camp. And I said, you know what, whenever any of the military comes to our school, because you would always have the recruiters come during lunch in the cafeteria. Right. We'd always set up shop and just say, hey, come you know, join the army, come join the Coast yeah. Guard, whatever. I said, well, when any of them come, I'm just going to go talk to them just because I'm dating Marines, so I'm going to go talk to them. So I started talking with the active army. We set up an interview, and anytime they would call my mom to confirm, she's like, nope, not doing it. And she'd cancel it. Wow. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so once I got into college, this was my sophomore year of college. But why? Had was there a contentious the, relationship with your mom or she was just didn't want her daughter to get hurt? Or was this you being a rebel? What's happening here? She just didn't want me to join the army. I just, she wanted me to go to college and yeah. the army was just not, not in her plans oh. at all. So she's trying to derail your efforts. <laughs> yes, yes, she was. So once I got into my sophomore year of college, the... ROTC had one of those really big climbing walls out and I knew one of the guys who was running the climbing wall and I was like oh okay I'll you know I'll do it sure by the time I got done with the climbing wall I had a four and a half hour meeting with the recruiter the next day and and this was with the active army and I was like you know what I don't know if I could do active army. Maybe we should try something different. And the guy who I knew was like, well, I do, you know, national guard. So, you know, let's, let's try that route. And I was like, okay, let's try that. No, but so I had my dad. Because the wall was too intense or what, what's the wall vibe there? I mean, it was too. Oh, too no, the wall was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. The wall was perfectly fine. It was just, I wasn't sure I was ready to go full blown. Oh, okay. That's true. All right. All right. That's so I ended up having a meeting with the National Guard 
and I had my dad come down so he could be a part of it. And he's like, I don't think we can stop you at this point. You know, you're, you're an adult. And if you want to do this, then you can be the one to tell your mom. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, I say this to my kids about my wife. Your mom doesn't this, your mom doesn't that, your mom doesn't want you this. So your dad's probably using all these lines. Your mom doesn't want you to do this. Your mom doesn't want you to do that. Right. Classic dad stuff there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we told my mom and she's like, okay. And I actually, I wanted to go into the journalism side of things, but you yeah. need certain points on what's called the ASVAB test. And that's what you take to get into the military. Right. And I was 11 points shy on the writing portion of it. And they would only waive you so many points. Why is that? I don't believe that. I, what are you saying here? You, I just didn't score high enough. You're a skilled writer. You're a skilled communicator. I can't believe it. Yeah. So unfortunately, I didn't score high enough. And so we started talking about other options. And the recruiter was like, well, what about military police? And I said, okay, well, what do they do? And he's like, it's really fun. You'll love it. I said, okay, but what do they do? And he's like, it's a bunch of college kids. You'll get along really well. It's, you know, it's great. I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's not the sixties. Don't worry about that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so let's go for it. <laughs> Didn't tell me they were the most highly deployable unit. <laughs> you know? Well, I didn't so. know that either. Yeah, but, yeah, but so at that are, point when you're making this decision, did, were you aware of the Kent history, military police? Or were you just an innocent, you know, a lot of people in the 90s, when you're 18, 19 years old, you don't even know that history. I, I knew a little bit of it just because Kent right. was very, very much into, sure. you know, their, their anniversary for, gotcha. you know, May 4th. Where it's not like, it's not like you're being uh, uh, tricked in, you're innocently stumbling in, which is fine. Right. There you go. Make life decisions. Go forward. <laughs> right. So I ended up doing that. I did get deployed to Kuwait. Really? But I hurt my wrist, so I was only there for about a month and a half. So I was, the day that I left was the day that they convoyed north to Baghdad. So I, really? I missed it by the day. And this go. is what, and 89, 90, 90, I'm sorry, it was 90, uh, uh, 2000, where are we at now? I'm trying to. This was in 2000. I signed no. up for the army the April before 9-11 happened. Wow. So it was like great. And I thought once 9-11 happened, cause I signed up in April and I wasn't supposed to go to basic training until the following year. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are they going to speed up the process? What's right. gonna happen? So yeah, so now you're 20 years old, 9-11 happens, 2021. Did you feel this surge like I'm in I'm into this, 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 this vibe. I'm into now. I mean, th this time of the year, when, when we were at this state, I remember one had America, you know, flags taped to their windows, flags waving proudly. This was go America early 2000s, right after 9-11. So did you feel that vibe being a part of the military? I did. Yeah, I was, I was scared out of my mind, but I was so happy and I just felt so proud for being a part of that. Okay. And when we did deploy, I had, I had wrist issues before we went. So I had to go through a medical board to even get to go overseas. And people were just like, well, why, why do you even want to do this? And I said, cause that's what I signed up for. Hmm. 
you know, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I want to be there fighting alongside of everybody else. Whoa. So Valerie with the uh, valor. <laughs> now, what about, so when you say wrist issues, what, what's happening? I ended up tearing um, cartilage in my wrist and it got worse while I was over there. So unfortunately I did get sent home. So they're thinking this, this, this soldier cannot be holding weapons. This soldier cannot be defending, right? With the damaged wrist, correct? Right. So you're sent home. This year, you're 21 years old now, maybe 22. Yeah, that was in 2002, 2003. Yeah, 22, 23. But to this point, because we have to get you to meteorology here at WNEP, you're not really taking, you're not an atmospheric science student. Right. You're military, you're, you're, you're journalism, you're college educated, but you're not studying the atmosphere. You're not interested in science. Maybe you are, but it's somehow on the back burner, correct? Yeah, it wasn't even something on my radar. If you until... saw when you were 23 and someone said in 20 years, you're going to be a morning meteorologist at WNEP, would you be like, what? Huh? Yeah, totally. Because I was anticipating on being an anchor. So I had to put a pause on college while I was sent overseas. And I came right. back and I didn't graduate until 2005. So I was 25 when I graduated. Whoa. And you get this Instead degree of, in journalism. Yes, with a degree in broadcast journalism. Then what? But while I was doing my internship at WKYC at Cleveland, I didn't want to just be with you know, reporters or just sit at the assignment desk. I wanted to work with all the other different entities. So that meant being in the sports department, working with the producers. And so finally I said, toward the end of my internship, I said, you know what, can I go work in the weather department? And they said, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. So I went over there and I spent a good week or two with them and they were allowing me to make graphics and just help do a bunch of different stuff. So when I put that on my resume, I put that I've worked with all these different departments. And so the first job I applied for in Great Falls, Montana was for an anchor job. They had just started a weekend newscast and I applied for the anchor job and they were like, Oh, you do weather. And I'm like, not, not really. I mean, I worked in the weather department, but not really. They're like, that's okay. It's, it's the easiest job. We can teach you. I'm insulted by that. I'm insulted I, by that. You see? Yeah. So they put me on as their meteorologist and I took to it like a duck to water. And I said, well, I'm going to go back to school for this. So I ended up going back to school for it. And so did you do the university of Mississippi deal? I did. Yeah. Mississippi state. So this is, this is interesting. So when you were doing that, they just threw you in the water. Did you feel comfortable with that? Or, you know, who was preparing the data analysis? Who was making the forecast? Were you more a presenter than a, than a developer of meteorological phenomenon? A lot of it, I would just try to look at maybe what the meteorologist had before me. I would use a lot of the National Weather Service. So you're kind of winging it, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was kind of winging it. I really had no idea what I was what I was doing. But oh, that's interesting. Kind of into it and I was like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so then you do, so you really bit into this and you enjoyed the science of the atmosphere and the study of it. That's interesting. So how long did you, you come back with your degree? How long then, uh, that took probably another two years, right? 
yeah, that was, it was two or three years. Yeah. And then, and then what do you look, you say, I want to stay at this station or I'm, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to New York city. I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm going to LA. Or do you just say, yeah, what, were you targeting a job? Were you with the man of your dreams at the time? Were you no. married? How does all that happen? No, that's, that's part of why I left Montana. I was in a really bad relationship and. And you're done twirling by then. I was done twirling by then, yes. <laughs> bad relationship, but done twirling. I ended up moving back home because of this toxic relationship. Okay. And I'm living back with my parents, trying to find another job. And I ended up getting a phone call from Youngstown. And so that was my next move was. So you're like late 20s. You come back home. You're pro your parents are probably like, oh, my God. What's with this nutcase? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I mean, they, were, they were glad to get me. I can't. I can't. They're glad to help. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, why are you living at home? Like, well, you need oh to my goodness. Back. This is interesting. See, this is getting juicy now. This is getting juicy. So the, yeah, please, so I ended up moving to. Please tell me that the guy that you were. Her. The guy that you were dating who was toxic. Please tell me that he ended up being an axe murderer. Um, <laughs> no, forget that. Just move on. <laughs> She's thinking there, was, there was a there was a bad situation, but <laughs> that's for another podcast. All right, so you're back uh, home. You're back home, and now you're 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 working Youngstown. You said, or how far yeah, is that? Yeah, working from? in Youngstown. And while I was in Youngstown, I had had a break in service from the military, and that's when I ended up signing up for the Air Force Reserve. Oh, this is this is complex. It I can't is. even follow this. So wait, you're back home, uh -huh. and. You're not working, and Youngstown is how far away? Um, I'd probably say 40, 45 minutes southeast of, of where I'm from. Okay, and, but when you were living at home and you came back, you had no job at all? No. But you were, you were hoping to get a job in Youngstown, and you're like, I'm just going to join the Air Force Reserve. So it wasn't until I started working in Youngstown that I ended okay. up the Air Force. So. I was actually covering because I was the morning live reporter at first when I was in um, Youngstown. And one of the stories I covered was an open house at the uh, air base out oh. in Youngstown. <laughs> and when I started talking to them and I tell, like, I told them my background, they're like, oh, okay. So they kind of then, you know, pulled me in to have an interview and talk to me. And there was just like this whole epiphany of like, I, I need to be doing this. And well, this is, so are you like 26, 7, 8, 9 at this time? How old are you? I was, God, in Youngstown, how old was I? Um, I'm just trying to get this. this Mid-20s? I think it was about mid-20s. So Air Force Reserve, living at home, and commuting to Youngstown as a reporter, 40-minute drive back and forth every day. I did, I did eventually find a place in Youngstown. Okay, all right. <laughs> I can see. So I, I did eventually find a place. They're probably like this. Your parents. Um, she's out. She's finally out. <laughs> she's gone. Finally. Um. So yeah, then I ended up having to go back to. I didn't have to go back to basic training because I had already done that. I just had to go back to the school that I was my job that I was going to be doing, which happened yeah. to be public affairs. So, uh, for the Air Force, and so I just went back to school for that. And then when I came home, things kind of changed a little, and. I didn't like where things were going with my job. So I ended up getting a different job and I started working in Toledo. 
<laughs> while you're still in the Air Force Reserve. Yes. So the Youngstown job, you were hoping more for maybe meteorological applications and that didn't work out? And I did get some. It just wasn't. I, I did weekend weather. I filled in for morning weather. I filled in for producing. Oh. I was a reporter and I would also anchor. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman wears a million hats. Military, meteorological, producer, anchor, reporter. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Bad girlfriend. And then I, I, I would always joke that sports was the only thing that I didn't do. Did but, I, but I did actually have to shoot video for um, boxing at one point. Oh, so then when you get this other job, what's happening there? This is what you want. I was just doing weekend weather in Toledo. Right. Still, still, oh, and you got your own place now. Yeah, got my own place. Living yeah, alone. It was like a week of living there and somebody broke into my apartment. <laughs> it was terrible. So you're living alone there, no boyfriend now, no toxic relationship, just alone right. in an apartment doing all these felon jobs at a new TV station. Yes. Ooh, so once I was there, the station was not something that was going to thrive. <laughs> no, that way. It, it was no WNEP. It was yeah, exactly. It was no WNEP. So it was it was going downhill and picking up speed. And I said, you know what, I need to probably get out while I still can. And that's when I ended up going to work for AccuWeather. So now she's at AccuWeather State College. Mm-hmm. Still in the Air Force Reserve. Still in the Air Force Reserve. What does that require? A weekend a month or something? What are you doing with one that? weekend a month and then two weeks at some point during the year? And is that, is the, are you dragging that luggage or do you enjoy that? Are you thinking, why did I do this? I liked it. You know, it there were some weeks that were hard because I'd be working, we called it the dirty dozen. Yeah. You'd be working Monday through Friday at your regular job then have to do the weekend. Yes, yeah. And then go back and do another, you know, five days. So it would get hard from time to time. The dirty dozen, that. I like that. So five, five, and two. There yeah. it is, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so that was... So AccuWeather, I need to know. I need because it seems like a lot of the folks who go to AccuWeather, it's 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 the it's like the it's like the mass assembly line of weather forecasting. You're in a cubicle, you're making forecasts for various communities, cities. You never really see the people you're serving, and you're just more like a, a talking head and a robot. Next, correct? That's yeah. They're different now since I've left. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, I mean, you'd have a whole list of videos that we would be recording. You would have a whole list of radio stations that you would record forecasts for. And you had never heard of these places. It would just be like, oh, do this radio station in Phoenix. And you did it, right? Right. right. But you're never there and you're not like a part of the community. It's got to be odd. Yeah, it's hard. And it was, it was different because you'd be out and about and nobody would know who you That's are. Right. That's, so there's, no commun- yeah, there's no communication with the public. Right. You're hundreds, thousands of miles away from the people you're serving. I mean, I did have somebody a couple of times tell me they saw me at a gas station <laughs> because of little gas station TVs. We would record some of those gas station forecasts. So oh, man. Pumping and, gas. And it's not like in our business we need the approval of, of our viewers to confirm what we're doing, but it's human nature. I don't care who you are. Everyone needs to be told they're doing a good job. Everyone needs to be reaffirmed. Everyone needs to hear feedback that's positive. So don't give me that, people out there who are cynical. 
who cares if you don't see your viewers? You need to see them. You need them to talk to you. You need to be a part of it. You need to communicate. It's like a volleyball game. You can't right. just serve and never get it back, right? Mm -hmm. So that had to be a stale experience for you. It was hard. It was, it was one of the jobs that I really enjoyed. But, yeah, not having that feedback was, was difficult. Yeah, yeah. But while I was there, I did get to go to um, NA, the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, out in Las Vegas. And that was really cool to do that. And while I was at AccuWeather, I got to do the international version of it um, in Amsterdam. Oh, that's so good. That so how long were you there? Uh, about a week. No, AccuWeather. Oh, for AccuWeather? Um, years? About three years. Whoa. You're pat now you're getting in to your 30-ish range in age, perhaps, at the time, maybe into your yeah. 30s, and there's still no child, there's still no husband. And no, I've actually met my husband in State College. You see how life takes us on this journey? So you take a job at AccuWeather, you're getting away from home, you're in the uh, reserve, you're looking for this weather job, and now you meet your husband, which changes the whole direction of your life and countless generations to come since now you had kids with this guy. Yeah. And once I was done at AccuWeather, we ended up moving to, and he moved with me as opposed to me moving for him. So I got a phone call from, it was actually an email from Pittsburgh, WPXI in Pittsburgh. And they were interested in me for their morning meteorologist position. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me, are you serious? So, so Pittsburgh, we're talking top market here, correct? Yeah, top 20 market. Whoa. So I had um, talked to Chuck, my husband, now husband, and I said, you know what, like, what do you wanna do? Is this something that you'd even be willing to, to move with me for? And he said, yeah, and so we picked up and we moved to Pittsburgh and I ended up being there for a while. So at State College, you were dating this guy, Chuck. He was right. doing what for a living? He's a, he's a what? He's an engineer. Engineer in State College. You meet him. Here's two people having a good time, loving life, living their jobs. But you find this new job. And what does he do? He just can't say, I'm going to pick up and relocate. Big shot engineer. He did it, though. The things we do for you ladies. Come on. You see that? Love. Love. It. love. <laughs> yeah, I ended up in, in Pittsburgh for... Hawkeye Eagle-like. All right, so so there you are. He moves with you, and what was it like at a big station like Pittsburgh? It was crazy. It was just, it was completely different. I mean, their morning show was, they're very serious. Right. It's a very serious station that I had worked for. I hate it already. Well, and that's that's what was funny because Chuck had actually told me about you before I had even what because he's he's from Chuck is from the area he's from Dallas kidding. that's right he's a Dallas guy okay and what is so he he's like oh my god like Pittsburgh is so serious you have to see this guy from back home <laughs> so he pulled up some YouTube videos of you and I was like oh my god I was like this would never be allowed at the BBXI. <laughs> Ever. It was like, this I is crazy. Any of this. Are you going to tell me right in front of me now that Chuck is a fan? 
Oh, I love it. I'm honored. All right. I like this guy already. I like this guy already. Yeah. So our station, I mean, it was a very serious newscast. I mean, you'd think it was more like six o'clock newscast, 11 o'clock newscast, where you don't have a whole lot of that. You don't have as fun as you would on a typical morning show. No one wants to see robots and in, in, in non-conversation and just and just stats and data no you want to interact you want to show warmth and feelings and laugh yeah, so it, it didn't jive well with me how long um, were you there I, say what how long were you there i was there years yeah i was there for like three four years whoa I this sure. station is the longest i've been at a tv station for currently now or that one Currently now. Oh, currently now. So I imagine Big Chuck making tons of money as an engineer. You're at a big Pittsburgh station. You guys are like in Candyland. Money's washing all over you. No kids, dual income, big time professional celebrity. Why don't you just stay there and live out your life? What happened? Well, once we had, so we got married and decided to have a family and we had Grayson and we were kind of sitting there. So my family, in Pittsburgh, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, they're in Chardon. They're like two hours away. Chuck's family's about five hours away. So we felt like we were kind of out on an island. Dallas, PA, right? And it was like, well, we don't really have any family close by to help. So is Chuck saying, come back my way, come to Eastern Pennsylvania. You're going to love it. WNEP is a great station. I'm making good money. You'll find a job, part-time, whatever. It's all going to work out. And you bought into his plan. Basically. It was, we had a conversation <laughs> of, Basically. Um, well, yeah, we had this conversation of, all right, well, which family are we going to go live by? Ooh. So it was either my family or his. And once we kind of broke it all down, it was just made more sense to move here. And I was thinking like, how in the world am I going to be able to find a job, you know, doing this because I had just wanted part-time so I could be at home with Grayson. You have a new baby or in your mid late thirties and you're like, I got it. What am I going to do? And how, how did you, yeah. so Chuck suggested you apply here, I imagine, because of, you know, his background, you were mentioning me and what happened? Did you immediately hear back from us? I did. Yes. I had, and even before I left Pittsburgh, I had had the conversation with, the, that news, the, the current news director, Carl, okay. uh, well, the then uh, right, news yeah. director, Carl. And he's just like, why, why in the world are you leaving Pittsburgh? Like, why, right. why do you want to come here? Oh, so you were still there while you were applying. You were still meteorologist at. Right. Wow. Yeah. So he's just like, why do you, why do you want to go backwards? I don't, I don't understand. And I said, well, we want to be closer to family. And I heard really great things about your station. And so I was hoping that there would be something available. And I said, I'm, I'm willing to freelance, do anything, you know, just to keep my foot in the door because in this business, it's hard to get out and then get right. back in. So he said, yeah, okay. You know, we'll keep you in mind. And we stayed in contact. And once we moved, um, it was beginning of uh, the beginning of the year, and it was tax day. I remember it was April fifteenth. It was my first day at the station, 
and it was right before then that Carl had said, oh, well, Noreen is leaving. And so there's a spot that's open if it's something that you're interested in. And I was like, uh, yeah. And how long were you living here before that mentioned? You were already here for a few months? Yeah, I was only here for a few months. And so you were just, just like, you were just a mom at home. Not, not yeah. just, but I'm saying you, that, that's what you were doing. Yeah. Interesting. And so you were already watching WNEP, you saw Noreen Clark and you watched WNEP and uh, you were familiar with the area. By the way, when you first moved to this area, had you, I imagine you came to visit Chuck's family many times, right? So you were familiar? Yes. With Eastern Yeah, because I remember when John Hickey started. Oh, which was and only I was a year like, before. Oh, okay, that. you know, he's, he's new and yeah. And so I had I had enjoyed watching the station, and I thought it was really cool that you guys had done weather from the backyard. I was like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like totally different. And we had talked, you know, a couple of times where Chuck was like, "Oh, you could totally work for WNEP." And then everything just like came to fruition, and it was Noreen like, retires. You're the new girl. Here it all is coming into it, fruition. It just it worked out so well that she was leaving as I was coming in. And so I spent the first weekend here with her so she could kind of show me the ropes on, hey, this is what I do. This is, right. you know, this is the shift. And I remember coming in to work with you, I think one, like at the very beginning before I was actually on camera. Okay. And I remember one of the conversations, you're like, I'm going to go get something to drink. What do you want? And I said something like Diet Pepsi. You're like, how do you drink that crap? <laughs> I did not say that because I drink Diet Pepsi all the time. That's a lie. Oh, no, it was Pepsi. It might have been Pepsi. It might have okay, been Maybe if Pepsi. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Too much sugar. Too much sugar. That could be real. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, all right. hey, at least <laughs> I just I have no idea what to think. Hey, at least I bought you a drink. Come on. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so with all your experiences from National Guard, Reserve, two, three TV stations, um, AccuWeather, uh, how does WNEP fare with all this? The people, the environment, the building, and don't patronize me. Uh, what do you think? It's a great place? I think it's a great place. A lot, of, um, a lot of the stations that I worked at, you know, you take the, the public, you know, your viewers into, into play. People in Montana were really friendly. Okay. They were, they were really nice, very laid back, and... It, I was sad to leave just because it was such a, a really okay. friendly place to work. I mean, you, you walk around and everybody's like, oh, hey, Valerie, how are you? It's like, I mean, it's just like you're hanging out with a friend. Okay. Um, and we had talked about AccuWeather. That was kind of, you had nobody because nobody knew who you were. Yeah. Nobody cared to know who you were. But WNEP, everybody seems really friendly. You do, you do get a couple of, of people that are not. <laughs> yeah, they're not everywhere. So friendly. Yeah, they're everywhere, right? Um, I've had a couple of negative, uh, negative <laughs> emails from time to time. Um, In this everybody business, seems really friendly. The station seems really nice. I mean, you don't come in and have people just be like, "Well." I'm a news anchor. I'm important. Like everybody just seems like, Hey, what's up? Like, Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. There's no egos here, I guess. Or at least I think limited, very few. 
But what, what you mentioned with the emails is something that a lot of people in our job, people who are not in media broadcasting do not understand this. You need rhino skin, especially for a woman, because all you do is get, especially with Facebook now, comments. Your hair looks like this. Why did you say that? Look at that shirt he has on. Look at that shirt she has on. Why did they do this? Why? Everything is criticism. Yes. And it's, and it's hard to realize. And it gets to you after a while. I don't care who you are. You get an email and it's like, I hate you. I hate watching you. Blah, 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 blah. You think about that all day. I've gotten those. You've gotten those. Everybody gets them. It comes, you can't make everybody happy. No, it's, it's definitely difficult. And, and like I said before, you know, I'm, I'm in therapy. You know, everybody I think in the business probably at some point is sought therapy just because it's, it's, it's a tough business to be in. And, and I've mentioned that to my therapist before, how difficult it is to deal with some of these comments because they do really get to you from time to time. I mean, I get more positive emails than anything, but it's like, oh, you know, I love that dress you had on today. Oh, thank you. Or, your day, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes your day, but you do have some that it's like, what did you do with your hair today? That looks terrible. Or, um, I mean, I do have somebody in particular, I think we, we chatted about it, that he didn't like that I was on instead of you when it was a big rain event. And <laughs> it's like, okay, like it was just, you know, some people are just, you're not going to please them. No. They don't like you and that's it. You got it. You got to um, have rhino skin, like I said. Yeah. All right. So, so here you are now working every weekend with Andy Palumbo and he's an interesting character, isn't he? I, I love Andy. He's, um, we get along really well. We do have, um, we're able to talk to each other really easily on camera. Um, he's usually, you know, getting ready while I'm doing my hair in the, the makeup room. And so yeah. it's, it's, we have good conversations. So I think he's, he's really fun to work with. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad whenever he does eventually retire. Well, and speaking of uh, working with Andy, uh, I'll say this because we're buddies, Andy and I, and he won't tell you this to your face, but he loves you. So he loves working with you. He loves your vibe. He loves how you present the weather. So you guys are a good team. He's got nothing but good things to say about you. Now, um, what's the future then? If someone said uh, uh, a magical fairy comes down over your bed tonight and says to you, Valerie, you're going to be doing this for the next 15 years of your life. Is that okay? Weekends? Yeah. Being a mom, had, or do you want more from life? Well, I, I've always had in the back of my head what's going to happen if all of a sudden somebody comes up to me and is like, "Yeah, you're done in TV." <laughs> no, well, they're not going to say that. It would be the opposite. It's always a possibility that sometimes they just, you know, they want to go in a different direction or, you know, whatever. So I've always had that in the back of my mind, and I've always thought about going into something because I have the public affairs, public relations, background with the military. I always thought about doing something like that for a company doing, you know, public affairs, public relations. Oh, okay. But you like what you're doing and you can keep doing it. Yeah. Because after yeah. this interview that I'm doing with you, I'm going for a mountain bike ride. And what if I fall off my bike, twist my neck and I'm dead in the woods. And then you get a call tomorrow and be like, uh, will you be the no Joe Monday through Friday? Would you say no, thank you? totally do it. Ah, you want me to rock on my bike and die. I can't <laughs> believe it. There she is. She admitted it. She admitted it, everyone. 
She wants me out of here. Well, and I'd even told Kurt just <laughs> now that the kids are both in school full time, because Grayson just started kindergarten and Emerson is now going to daycare full time. I have more time during the week. So that's what I had, I had talked to you and said, hey, I have more availability to to fill in now and I know you were excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I'm a veteran here, so I get a lot of days off. And I always feel like whenever I want to take a day off, I'm like, the hardest part for me is now I got to go burden somebody else and ask them to fill in and that's you. And that I hate doing that, but I'm glad you're willing to and you like it. Yes. Well, it's, and I told Kurt, you know, hey, I have more availability. And I figured he'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll throw you on a couple of new shows. And he was actually willing to throw me on some of the, you know, evening shows as well. So. Perfect. You're the future. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And you yeah. really don't we'll want me to fall off happens, my bike. But I, I told him, you know, hey, now that the kids are in school full time, you know, I have more availability during the week, you know, and if anyone decides that they are going to leave, you know keep me in the back of your head. So is there a part of you then if I did fall on my bike and break my neck and die that a little tinge in you would be like, yes. No, I would, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would not be cheering about that. <laughs> I'm not that cruel. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. But uh, hey, it was great talk. Did we leave anything out? I think we got the whole arc of your life. Two kids, a husband. Yeah, we didn't talk much about the kids, but all is good. I'm a guy. I don't like kid talk. <laughs> They're great. They keep me busy. They definitely keep me busy. I hear you. All right. Well, Valerie, thanks for the uh, time. And if anyone wants to send you compliments, just find her email in the WNEP registry. She, she wants compliments, not negativity. Or you can find her on Facebook and say she's beautiful and she's professional and she's lovely and she does a great job. That's what we feel. I appreciate that. I'll even say this. You're too good for Andy Palumbo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Andy. I know he's listening. All right, Valerie. Well, thank you. Thank you. Signing off. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.